I'm Jeff Rake. I'm Greg Nelson. And I'm Margaret Rose Lester. And we're exploring the drama and mystery of Manifest Episode 108. Talk about the government figures that are behind these experiments. Who is Belson and who are the scientists? So Belson is Lawrence Belson, who is a shadowy figure that we meet for the first time in episode 108. And he is somebody that has been tasked by the powers that be, soon to be revealed, to get some more information about the passengers and to try and discover what happened on flight 828. What is the great mystery that happened when they traveled back to New York from Jamaica? And he is following the theories and experiments of a woman who we are also just meeting. I think we met her in episode 107, Fiona Clark, who has some very out there ideas about how people communicate without speech, how brains can be connected, and other mysterious things that he is soon going to connect to Flight 828. One of the things that I find interesting about Belson in this episode is that we've teased these organizations that exist through the government and investigating into Flight 828. And this is the first time we actually get to go inside and see what they're doing in terms of what their theories are about the flight and the mystery of it. The last thing I'll just say on that is we also know that Belson is a middle manager. We see him in the course of the episode speaking to someone higher up. I believe he refers to her as the major. So while he is in charge of a lot of what's happening, he, like all of us, has someone that he answers to. Talk a little bit about the major. Is the military behind the experiments? It's possible. Mm -hmm. As of right now, as of this episode, it does seem that the major is running the show. Who is the major? Uh, What is the major's uh, larger agenda? Those are open questions and ones that, you know, Ben and Michaela will continue to pursue as we move further along. Will the missing passengers make it out of this alive? I don't know that we should be assuming that. It's funny, when we talked about this arc in the writer's room, some of the writers would refer to the experiments as torture. And I remember several times in the writer's room, I would be an apologist for the government. And I would say, they're not torturing them. They're just, you know, experimenting on them for scientific ends. And then, and then you know, I watched the dailies and I thought, shit. <laughs> uh, that is looking pretty torturous. And, you know, look, it's that fine line between scientific experimentation and something that does constitute torture. And I think that I kind of drank the Kool-Aid of some of our characters as I was thinking, well, you know, it's to a justified end as to, as to what I mean in regard to that. You'll have to get several episodes down the line. But this is terrible, painful uh, experimentation that's going on. And I don't know that we should be drawing conclusions about whether or not they had plans to release them alive, but things are about to go sideways. And uh, the answer to this question is going to kind of come into stark clarity soon enough. Can I just add, though, that one of the things I like about the Vance story here is that it frames the Belson story. It shows us that even though these terrible experiments are happening, that this isn't the government as a whole. This is this one unit. And Lawrence Belson in particular is somebody that may be going a little bit too far for somebody like Vance's comfort zone. So although it seems like torture, it certainly isn't the government as a whole that's doing it. And we've characterized this one unit. And as you'll see, there are consequences for that soon enough. 
So Jeff shouldn't be so hard on himself. <laughs> Thank you, Greg. What can you tell us about the Flight 828 fan website and the newfound fame that some of the passengers have seen? Well, we've teased that there are people out there taking photos before, so it's not entirely new. However, I feel like it's Ben's worst nightmare to see this fan site when he gets to work. And he doesn't have much time to think about it because then there's this fire alarm that goes off. But it's just another sense of impending pressure of the outside world following them. Yeah, one of the interesting things that's happening in this in the series at this point, and it's really beginning with episode seven and episode eight, is that the general interest, the fascination with the returnees, with the passengers on the flight, that leads to this kind of fan website and people taking photos of them, and that general interest starts to become a little bit more worrisome because there starts to be a sense of danger associated with some of the people that are so fascinated by the passengers. And way back in episode 103, and at other times during the series, we have seen the people that kind of worship the passengers. They see them as spiritual emissaries, as people that have come to this world to, to, to show a spiritual path. But now we're starting to see the dark side of that. And we're starting to see people coming into the world that are not so sure that the passengers are a force for good. Maybe they're a force that needs to be taken away from this world. And we're just starting to tease that here. So yes, he should be worried. And he gets more and more worried as these episodes pass. Why does Vance need Ben's help? And is Cal right about being able to trust him? This is one of my favorite things about this episode is that we move from the government and Vance being this force that is unified, that is trying to find out what happened to the passengers and worried about them in a way that is a threat to the passengers and to the Stone family. And now we're starting to see the complexities inside the government. So we're starting to see that not everybody is unified. We're seeing that Lawrence Belson and his people are doing one thing. Vance and the NSA are on a different side. And in this episode, we even see that within the NSA, there's starting to be real differences about who's who knows what? Who's on the side of the passengers? And so the complexity and the layers that we get into here is fantastic. So to answer your question, why does Vance need Ben's help? He needs Ben's help because he's not sure that the NSA is who he thinks it is. He's not sure that the people that are underneath him are actually on his side. And he serves a higher purpose. We discover that Vance is a good guy. He's about public service. And he's starting to worry that some of the government machinations that he doesn't know about are a little bit beyond his comfort level. Fiona says SP is trying to replicate the callings. Talk about that. Um, Well, Fiona Clark is a noted scientist. And her work was, she was doing her work before the flight went away. So I feel like she's always sort of been on the radar, perhaps because when the flight disappeared and looking into who the passengers are, her work would cause her to be of note. But I feel like she's always sort of been on their radar as a scientist in the work that she's done, which was theoretical, but with the disappearance of the flight, that's brought into question. Is it theoretical or is there something more real that she was investigating. Yeah, I mean, one of the things we learned about Lawrence Belson and the people that he works with is that their work extends well beyond Flight 828. They started looking into unexplainable events long ago. And I think they clued into Fiona Clark and her theories as a result of some of that work. And 
I don't know that they actually do know about the callings right away. That's one of the interesting things is that they have a huge mystery. What happened on flight 828? And in the room, we talked about these passengers that are being experimented on as the low-hanging fruit. These are the people that don't have families to go back to, um, that are actually don't even have a place to live. And so the government puts them into kind of temporary housing and then is able to kind of just secrete them away, like pull them away without anybody noticing and start to do these experiments on them. And I think it's as a result of these experiments that they're starting to understand more. But the callings are not something that they're really clued into right away. Is that Would you agree, Jeff? Absolutely. Uh, you know, SP starts with a fishing expedition and then it pays off. And in fact, in the next episode in 109, we will get a very specific answer as to what SP knew and when they knew it from a new passenger who, as of this episode, we have not yet met. Harvey believes he got his friends killed because he was talking about the callings. Is he right? That's a tough one. As of 108, that's a very gray area, and that is going to be an open question that lingers like an albatross around the neck of Ben and Michaela and others. This conversation, you know, was Harvey responsible? Can we talk about the callings with others? Or does having that conversation risk the lives of our loved ones? It's an open question that follows our characters through the end of the season. So I don't think we should offer any clarity in regard to that right now, but you're right to ask the question because it's quite top of mind for our heroes. And I will say that this is one of the things I like most about the show, and it goes right back to Jeff's original vision for the show, which is that this is a show that asks questions. It doesn't always provide answers. And, and there's a spiritual side to this show. Science is always about providing answers. The spiritual side to this show is about asking questions and being comfortable with the idea of not knowing the answers, being challenged by that, struggling with that. And so one of the things I love about the Harvey story is that it asks this giant question, all of these characters are thrown into this struggle to like, it, you know, what does this mean for us and for our lives and our families? And we don't answer that. And to me, that's the best thing about this series. Ben put himself in a dangerous position to obtain the files from UDS. Should fans be worried about Ben? Well, I mean, yes, we should be worried about him in the same way that he's worried and Kayla is worried and Vance is worried. He's putting himself at risk of exposure by a group of people that we are not sure how far they're willing to go. We know that they are doing bad things to other passengers. He's opening himself up in a new way to scrutiny by them. And so, yes, tantalizingly, as we move forward, Ben's in a shakier and shakier place. And it just shows how heroic he is, how much he's willing to risk in order to save his family, his son, Cal, and by extension, the other passengers of Flight 828. When we broke this story, this arc of Ben going undercover in pursuit of the detained passengers, we made a deliberate decision in the writer's room that Ben would get a job not within UDS itself, but within UDS's accounting firm, J.P. Williamson, which is a step removed and created some challenges for some of the initial readers of the script to get their head around the story because he was kind of two steps removed from the inner sanctum. But that was quite deliberate. And Ben explains himself to Michaela in episode 107 when he says, it's as if you were investigating police corruption. If you were doing that within the police force, you might not get away with it. But if you 
you go and put yourself at the police's accounting firm, Dirty Harry is not going to know that you're investigating. So that was the idea here, that Ben kind of put himself one step removed from the inner sanctum. But by the time we got to the end of this episode, Ben realized that he had to walk into the inner sanctum itself in order to find a potential smoking gun. And so, yes, the stakes are raised once he finally walks into the inner sanctum. Suddenly, his anonymity is less anonymous. It's more apparent that he is a bull in a china shop. And anyone who's expecting negative consequences to come from this will probably be satisfied sooner rather than later as you continue to watch the show. We, we very deliberately got a shot of that security camera as he's standing at the elevators at UDS. He looks up, he sees the security camera watching him, and now we know, okay, they know he's there. They're going to know what he's doing. Cal is feeling more pain when the experiments start back up. How much longer can he hold on like this? Well, I think that's one of the questions we want our audience to ask as well. Um, what is going to happen with Cal and how much more can he channel? Because he clearly is one of the stronger recipients of these experiments. And so that's something that we'll, we'll follow in subsequent episodes. <laughs> One of the ironies of our storytelling is that it is just a kid who is experiencing the callings the most. And so as we get into the next episode, a teaser for 109, we'll come to discover that the fact that a kid is at the center of this and to some extent a father has to follow a child in order to answer some of these important questions and uh, even encounter jeopardy together, encounter danger together, is both necessary but also devastating to the family unit. That's really the story of 109, so stay tuned. Hope you enjoyed the ride. Ready for the next chapter of Manifest? There's more mystery coming your way. Thank you for listening to this episode of Manifest, the official podcast. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen, and please be sure to follow Manifest on socials, at NBC Manifest on all platforms. <laughs>